video we are going to learn about age of chaucer till the age of revival okay we'll be dealing with uh, lots of backgrounds important writers and i believe if you go through it and do your self study whatever we have learned into this audio i'm definitely sure that none of you will skip any of the topic in this six days okay so uh, let's begin let's start with age of chaucer now the age of chaucer covers the period from 1340 to 1400 it was a period of transition and turbulence now this age was the meeting ground of two divergent period first was the old and the new so you could say the medieval and the renaissance though the spirit of middle ages had not yet passed away the seeds of modernity were being sown so this period witnessed the remarkable social religious and political changes now if you if you move further it was the period which was very crucial because uh, you will find 100 years war between england and france that took place okay and this war awakened the english nationalism and it gave rise to national consciousness okay now um, if we move ahead we'll uh, come to know that there were few of the characteristics of these chaucerian ages and the first characteristic of this age is social and cultural aspect so in 14th century uh, the society was still very much divided into the three traditional estates first was the one who pray that is the church second was those who fight that is the nobility and third is those who work that is everyone else that is commoner okay so the church was the most powerful institution and was owned uh, and it had owned third fourth of the property and taken together the crown the nobility and church owned about 75% of english land then we move on to the second aspect or characteristics of uh, chaucerian age that is economic now the economy of medieval england was overwhelming because of agriculture now chaucer's age was a period of continuous economic upheaval but what happened is due to black plague population had reduced and economy had declined okay and the second reason why economic economy was been declined that was because of the 100 years of war who contributed the national uh, treasury and had an adverse impact impact on 
economy of that time the third important characteristics is religious aspect now if you see uh, the office of the pope was still extremely powerful and the church was a major social and cultural force of this period and that is the reason why religious aspect or religious uh, feature was most important in under the characteristics of chaudhryan age but however the black death disorganized the church by thinning the rank of the clergy right so in chaudhryan's age what happens is the position of the church began to gradually undermine why because that was the first time when people began to show signs of discontentment against the churchmen fine now there were few important events that were under the age of chaudhryan which are very important to understand the first is the 100 years of war which um started in year 1337 and it ended in year 1453 in this there were three wars first was edwardian war second is caroline war and third is lancastrian war okay then the second important event that had happened during this age was the black death okay uh, black death is also known to be uh, bubonic plague okay it was one of the devastating pandemic in uh, human history <clears throat> and then uh, this was in year 1348 to 1350 for two years okay and this plague had killed between 30 to 40% of the entire population of england uh, then there was the another event uh, that was the peasant revolt and this was in year 1381 okay now let's begin with our first and important writer uh, from this particular age that is jeffrey chaucer jeffrey chaucer was born in year 1343 and he died in 1400 he was known to be the father of english poetry and he was one of the greatest narrative of england okay now uh you'll see that his literary career and his works in uh, 1369 chaucer was asked by john of gaunt g a u n t to compose a memorial poem written in english okay and that particular a uh, book was the result of his first work that is book of duchess okay and uh, you will see that in the book of duchess which is the first work of chaucer it is one of the major poem and this is an elegy written on the death of blank so uh, who is uh, who is the blank that is duchess of lancaster now it is written in the form of dream allegory and it carries the influences from roman della rose which is written by gulam loris now this 
poem begins with the sleepless poet who lies on bed reading a book and he reads a story about kegs and alcyon and he wanders around in his thoughts so suddenly what happens is the poet falls asleep and the dream and he dreams a wonderful story now in his dream he sees a man in black who is a knight who tells him about his courtship of a beautiful lady and his mourning of his of her death so whenever uh, the poet awakes he decides that this dream should be preserved in a rhyme so the poem serves serves the twin purpose of uh, elegy and um, eulogy it is composed of more than 1300 line in octosyllable the second important work of chaucer is the house of fame this was published in 1379 to 1380s and it is an autobiographical poem which is composed in three books it is written in the form of dream allegory so book 1 begins with the narrator falling asleep and dreaming about a temple dedicated to goddess venus and in book 2 the narrator is carried by an eagle which speaks to him in a human voice and assures him that love has decided to reward him by sending him to the house of fames then coming to book 3 he reaches the house of fame and he meets the goddess fame so the poem carries the influences of boccaccio ovid virgil's aeneid and dante's um, divine comedy <coughs> fine the third important work is the parliament of fowls which was uh, been published in 1380s so now the parliament of fowl is a poem which is written to celebrate the marriage of king edward the 2 to anne of bohemia in 1382 now it is written in the form of dream vision in a rhyme royal stanza form okay and it relies upon the beast fable tradition it uh, presents a vision of the uh, birds who are gathering uh, to choose their mates on saint valentine's day fine then the next work is troilus and cressida uh, or you would say troilus and cressida because the spelling is a little different uh, this was published in 1378 and 1385 so in between some of the years this particular work has been uh, published now troilus and cressida is chaucer's longest poem of about 8000 lines and it is divided into five books so boccaccio's philistro philistroto which is written in 1330s is the source of this particular poem now uh, chaucer is uh, 
transforming Boccaccio's story into a psychological novel in verse. Fine. Now, um, if you see the next work, that is the Legend of Good Women. It is written in form of dream version and is published in around 1380s. It contains a prologue and nine stories. The prologue to the book, uh, which is uh, which cites the reason behind the Chaucer's collection of uh, stories about good women. Okay, so Cupid, the god of love, accuses Chaucer to defaming women by writing works which are critical of romantic love and women. Now, the magnum opus of um, Geoffrey Chaucer, that is, the Canterbury Tales. Okay. Now, uh, let me give you the brief detail about the Canterbury Tale. This was published in 1386 to 1395. Now, this is Chaucer's one of the most acclaimed work. And it is a collection of story which is narrated by 29 pilgrims on the way to the shrine of Martyr, that is St. Thomas Becket in the Canterbury. Now all the pilgrims gather at Tabard Inn, that is in the South Walk, and they are uh, preparing for their pilgrimage. Then there is Harry Belly, who is the host of the inn, and he suggests a storytelling contest okay so according to which the pilgrim with the best story would be awarded an elegant dinner at the end of the trip so the host harry belly himself becomes the judge of the contest so uh, these uh, narratives who are both in uh, pilgrim and recorder of the event so he becomes a narrator then Chaucer originally planned that each character should narrate four tales but out of the original 120 only 24 tales got written so the book also contains a general prologue which provides the characterization of pilgrims uh, so how the society is being divided you'll come to know in this canterbury tale the first is the knight who is uh, at the highest social hierarchy and therefore he is the first storyteller. Always remember the knight was the first storyteller. He was brave, worthy and honorable. Okay. Then the next is the squire. So he is the knight's son and he is youthful, handsome and he had a curly hair. And uh, in contrast to knight, he is a vain. Okay, he's a lusty young man. Okay, he enjoys singing, reading, uh, writing, poetry, horse riding, all such things. The third um, story was about the miller. So, uh, Chaucer pays great attention to the physical appearance of miller. And he, uh, you know, describes him as he is a big, stout, uh, browning broad and strong okay short shouldered red beard uh, and his nose is very hairy and he had a la- large mouth okay all such descriptions are being uh, mentioned for the miller then the fourth uh, story is about the reeve 
and he is an old thin man who is with the shaved head and lean legs okay and he wears a blue overcoat and he was earlier a carpenter and he resents the miller's tale about a stupid carpenter okay so he dis- you know distrust the people and keep a check on everyone then the next work is uh, on the wife of bath one of the important work now she is one of the most famous character in literature her name is alison now she is a professional weaver she is gap toothed somewhat deaf and wears bright scarlet and red stockings she has been married 5 times and had many affairs in her youth making her an expert in the art of love she enjoys stocking and wearing ornate clothes she likes to live the life on her own terms now she makes a great show of being religious but uh, taking part in charities but in reality it concerns more about the appearance okay and in this uh, story we'll see that Uh, the wife of bath is going to canterbury to find her sixth husband now the next uh, important story is about the clerk of oxford the next is about uh, the frankfin okay and he is a wealthy uh, landowner who uh, lives for his own sensual pleasures next uh, st- uh, story is about uh, a doctor a physician Okay uh, the physician is very well educated and he is fond of gold and he makes a lot of money during the plague season okay then uh, comes the pardoner okay now he sells pardons and indulges uh, penance in the exchange for charitable donations to the church okay so what exactly the pardoner is doing he is fooling people to make money and he carries a big a uh, full of fake uh, relics and he is quite greedy and hypocrite then the next is um uh, you could say the shipman okay the shipman is a huge uh, man who is uh, expert in sailing so he is a sailor and he rides his horse so poorly that it is obvious that the man is much more comfortable on the sea than on the land the next is the prioress Now her name is Madam Eagletine. She is very modest, she is coy and she is very courteous. She wears a gold brooch uh, with the the inscription on it that is love conquers all. Fine. Then uh, there is another that is the monk. So the monk is the character which is completely contrast to the religious vocation. he cares little of the rules and devotes time in hunting and eating okay and he loves good food and wine the next story is about the nun's priest tale which is actually a mock heroic beast fable okay and there is a prologue to nun's priest tale in which the knight is in knight is interrupting the list of tragedies by monk saying that uh such dismissal tales of woe and sorrow are making everyone sad okay uh 
so um then comes um the next story that is about the merchant the next is about the friar the next is about the sergeant of law the next is about the guildsman uh the next story is about the cook the parson the plowman the manciple uh, and the submenu okay so uh since there is a time restriction i cannot move on much further with all the stories and all the descriptions uh if you believe that uh, you want to know more about it you could join our paid courses that are uh, currently working then comes uh, the pearl poets which are which were very famous during that time so uh, there was a important work that is the pearl there is an elegy about 1200 lines on the death of a little girl and it is mystical poem of much beauty in which uh, a father sees a vision of his daughter amongst uh, the glorified and he believed to have been written by the same author uh, that of uh, cleanness and patience now the pearl is a form of dream version right then there is uh, sir gawain and green knight this is again the poet is uh, unknown and this is the alliterative poem then comes um, the romances in the age of chaucer the first is the tale of uh, gamelin the second is william and werewolf there were also religious writing in age of chaucer that is a uh, prick of conscience second is uh, revelations of divine love now apart from uh, jeffrey chaucer we also have other poets during the age of chaucer that is william langland okay and his major works that is pierce plowman uh, which has a full title that is uh, the vision of william the vision of william concerning pierce the plowman okay the vision of william concerning pierce the plowman okay then uh, you'll see that there is another uh, person who is uh, very important as an english poet uh, during the chaucerian age that is uh, john gower and he was one of the major uh, you know he wrote one of the major court poet poem uh, during the 14th century and according to david dichus you'll see gower was a more typical representative of his ages and class than chaucer could claim to be and his important work and well-known work for about 33000 lines in the middle english poem was confessio amentis okay that is in english known to be the lovers confession so this is all about the age of chaucer now let's begin with the next age that is the age of revival so the age of revival witnessed rebellions like the war of roses and cards rebellion now english chaucerians and scottish chaucerian poets influenced by chaucer 
दे मेड सिग्निफिकेंट कॉन्ट्रीब्यूशन ओके वैट एंड सरे इंट्रोड्यूस दॉनेट विट मीटरिकल राइम स्कीम एंड यूल सी दैट द पीरियड फॉलोइंग द डेथ ऑफ जेफरी चौजर विटनेस्ड अ वाइड रेंज ऑफ पोलिटिकल चेंजेस सो हेनरी फाइव वॉज क्राउंड एज द किंग इन फोर्टीन थर्टीन सो सून आफ्टर हिज असैसन इन एप्रिल फोर्टीन थर्टीन हेनरी फाइव रिजॉल्व टू रिवाइव the war against france and stake his claim to the france throne then in uh, during the middle ages a period that took place between the fall of ancient rome in uh, 476 ad and the beginning of 14th century european made few advances in science and art now it is also known as the dark age and the era is often branded as the time of war ignorance famine and pandemics the renaissance started in florence that is in italy uh, a place with rich cultural uh, history uh, there is again a great italian writer artist politician and other declared that they are participating in an intellectual and artistic revolution that would be much different from what they had experienced during the dark ages again you will see that the movement first expanded to other italian city states okay then during the uh, 15th century renaissance ideas spread from italy to france and then throughout western and northern europe so let's understand the poetry trends in the age of revival okay so following are the types of poetry first is the pastoral second is allegory third is ballads fourth is satire and didactism then uh, this age age of revival is been char- uh, characterized in the poets and is been described in three categories the first is english chaucerians the second is scottish chaucerians the third is new court poets okay so first let's begin with english chaucerians now english chaucerians were a group of 15th and 16th century poets whose work were influenced by geoffrey chaucer and they used chaucerian diction or poetic forms so the first important english chaucerian is thomas hockleaf okay uh, he was born in year 1369 and he died in 1426 now hockleaf's first work for which a date is known with certainty is uh, the letter of cupid okay and this is published in 1402 his next poem 
was la mail regal i'll spell it out for you l a la mail m a l e regal r e g l e okay which when you translate it uh, into english it is known to be the mail regime and this was uh, published in year 1406 and you should remember this is an autobiographical poem fine then there was hockley's principal work that is de regime principum okay uh, when it was translated it was known to be the regiment of princes okay 1411 to 1412 and this was written for the future king henry the 5 when he was uh, prince of wales okay then comes john lidgate he was born in 1370 and he died in 1449 now uh, if you know about john lidgate you should remember that he belonged to the monk family and he had an ancient and prestigious abbey <coughs> abbey of bury and he was born in lidgate and his literary career and work was only in the uh, majorly in, under the prose works that is the first is the serpent of division and this was written in 1422 his three most important works are the long poems first is the troy book second is the seas of thebes <clears throat> and third is the fall of princess okay then moving on to the next um, english chaucerian that is stephen hobbs he was a poet and courtier who served uh, king henry the 7 of england and he was educated at oxford he was known for his sharp memory and could repeat by heart the works of most of the english poets especially poems of john lidgate whom he called his master okay his important and famous poem or one of the popular long arigalical poem which was known as past time of pleasure please note the spelling of it p a s e t y m e the past time of pleasure and this was published in 1509 okay then there is a uh, next english chaucerian that is uh, john skelton he was one of the most prominent of early tutor poets and a satirist Erasmus calls Skelton the one light and glory of British letters. Okay? And why was he called? Because of his translations of the classics and his Latin verse, verses. Okay. And Skelton received the same honor at Cambridge and also in uh, Leuven. Okay, he was uh, known to be Uh, or he had gained a laureate a degree in rhetorics 
so uh, if we talk about his uh, literary career john skelton who had served as a tutor to henry the 8 for 5 years based on his experience he wrote a satire of court that is bog of court and this was published in 1499 and his other famous works includes uh, colin clout 1521 Uh, which was directed against the power of cardinal wosley okay next work is uh, philip sparrow p h y l l y p this was published in 1505 the next work is a uh, ballad of scottish king please mark the spellings b a l l a d e ballad of the scottish S C O W T Y S S H E Knight Sorry King K Y N G E This was published in 1513 and this was a celebration of victory of Flodden Now John Skelton's most famous work was um Magnificence and this was published in 1516 and this is an allegory in which uh, the generous prince magnificence is first destroyed by his own ill advised or you could say generosity and then restored by the good hope perseverance and related virtues clear then uh, next important uh, writer is thomas norton and he his well known work is ordinal of alchemy and you should remember thomas norton was an english poet and an alchemist okay and this work ordinal of alchemy was been written in 1477 then we move on to the Ch- uh, scottish chaucerians uh you should remember that i'll be uploading an another audio on scottish uh, chaucerians and in that i have uh, mentioned many of the writers and in detail what exactly scottish chaucerian is so i'm not uh, dealing with scottish chaucerian in this audio so please go through the next audio when i upload it the next is new court poets okay now the court poets are the poets who are appointed for the life as an officer of the royal household which is formally accepted to write poems in celebration of courts and national events okay so the first one is thomas watt he was born in 1503 and he died in 1542 and he was often called the pioneer of new english poetry and it was he who introduced the sonnet from in english and you should remember that watt was devastated and he sat down and wrote his famous sonnet that is whose list to hunt whose list to hunt 
so during the lifetime none of his poem had been published you should remember and not exactly all but then there was one that is quote of the venus this was uh, his first published work and there was one more that is certain psalms apart from these two uh, none of the other work was uh, published in his presence all the works were published posthumously then uh, the next important uh, court poet is earl of surrey who is uh, popularly known as henry howard he was born in 1516 and he died in 1547 then uh, his literary works and career if we talk about surrey's poetry was been published after his death and his name is often cited together with watt as both of them are considered to have fathered the english sonnet okay and surrey was the first to develop the sonnet form used by william shakespeare and also translated the book 2 in virgil's the aeneid marking the first use of blank verse in english okay his important poetry is love that dot rain love that dot rain okay so this was all about the age of revival in this audio we have covered two ages that is age of chaucer and second is age of revival go through the writers uh, read lot of poems of them today itself so that while understanding the audio you might understand in detail all the uh, pointers that i have told you so that's all for this audio thank you so much for listening this audio